Meanwhile, recorded live by Lava Lamp Lounge, it's somewhere in between a radio zine. News, music, culture, stories, and more. This show is what we make of it, and hopefully you'll join us in the fun, too. Now let's get started. And welcome to Keeping That Antenna Pointed Toward the North Star. It's issue six, a sound salvation. Do you remember anyone saying anything about sewer gas on a Sunday afternoon two weeks ago? That was me. Without context, it might be really hard to understand what this could be. What are we listening to? What is this? As you notice now, we're mixing some really interesting music along with our talking, and I guess they're putting echo on everything. I've got this record of humpback whales singing. The broadcast sort of offers us clues, but with each answer, it's almost more mysterious as to where this is coming from, what it might be. Who are these people talking? Oh, yeah. You ought to listen to the show that comes on before this one. Yeah, Music from the Hearts of Space. This is really great. I actually am communicating with somebody I've been listening to, maybe on my scanner, for weeks now. Well, we hope there's more. Oh, yeah? The longer you listen, the more it reveals itself to you in terms of what might be happening occasionally. But what this is is still unclear. And where it's going? We have no idea. We'd like maybe Gary to call in. He's the most creative jammer. I guess it'd be great if he could talk about vitreous white toilet seats for us. I heard it do that. And I don't know if you heard the tape I played. What was that, dude? Well, they're mixing so much stuff I can hardly hear you now. Now my field strength meter's going on and off. All hell is breaking out in the studio here. I hope we're not going to get in trouble. No, your radio has not been taken over by some sort of jammer. And no, this isn't some weird attempt at conning you into listening to some avant-garde music in the form of morning entertainment. No, this is actually an excerpt from a radio broadcast from 1981 by Don Joyce on KPFA in Berkeley, California, where, among other things, Don is sculpting with sound people in the studio, live callers, and the occasional ham radio broadcaster, who are all adding to the stew of uh, what he began to call radio collage, an art form that he pursued for 34 years and is now largely available almost entirely on archive.org.
The cup of gray curdled smog pudding slowly being stirred by the brightly colored metal spoons of our cars under the radiation rainbows auroring the ozone skies are being pulled under the quagmire of a nuclear future. Yes, I'm talking to you, sir. It's not exactly easy to give you Don's story, especially considering how tight-lipped he was about himself. His show was basically who he was. In fact, it's probably difficult for me to say exactly who he is because I haven't finished listening to the show. 34 years of archives are available for us to sift through, and that is a daunting amount of radio. And it's very hard to say, well, if you want to know the man, you've got to listen to the show, because well, in 2015, we lost Don Joyce. All we have left are the broadcasts. These are meals that are filling and fulfilling without the need for cooked flesh. If you want a couple of equal meals a week or go all out vegetarian, this little pamphlet tells you how. The price costs $2.99. Well, not exactly. Don was, and uh, had been for quite some time, a member of the band Negative Land. Not an original member, and certainly not one that was out on tour with them near the end. But Don was a key player in the design and the development of almost all of their albums. But you wouldn't necessarily know it, because for him, he was keeping down a little radio show once a week in Berkeley, California, where, for three and sometimes five hours a night, he would spend mixing, mashing, and putting on some sort of experimental radio theater, where he was developing a story that basically took years to tell. All jammers, please call in. Somewhere between Art Bell, Firesign Theater, and Bob and Ray, Don Joyce developed a voice with characters, backstories, strange radio digressions that would go on and on. His show became essays at one point, where he would espouse long and detailed stories about American culture, the past, the future. Maybe a little background on collage is in order, or in fact sound collage, because while it's easy to explain what visual collage is, we cut up an image and we recontextualize it in some new form, Sound collage is, what? Sound, cut up, and recontextualized in some new form? Sure, that's easy to say, but what does it sound like? By 1980s. <laughs> 
Dawn's thirst for stories for the radio became almost unquenchable. His entire digression into UFOs would go on for shows after shows after shows, to the point where you began to think that maybe he was becoming Art Bell, only to find that on the other side of it, he would have a very sharp and insightful bit of culture jamming available for us to digest that not only put the UFOs in a different context, but perhaps maybe our own belief in them as well. One can attempt to draw a lot of conclusions about the kind of person Don might be if you do listen to his program. And certainly I wouldn't say that's an unfair reflection of him. But like all of us, Don is a very complicated person. He was many things on many different days and at many different times. And it's not always easy to say Don was this or Don was that. In fact, listening to his show can be schizophrenic. There are moments where he's saying, I don't want to talk to anyone, while he's actively accepting phone calls from listeners. He has this attitude of not wanting to have anything to do with back announcing, and yet he really enjoys it when a listener can figure out what a song might have been, or where a music cue might have come from. If anything, his program, Over the Edge, was all about cultivating a community. There were regular callers, regular guests, people who showed up all the time that became part of this large and complicated world that Don was building, one show at a time, with each broadcast. Just before his death in 2015, it was announced that a large archive of episodes of Over the Edge were finally going online. Now, the show had been streaming for a while, and MP3s were even available for the new episodes. But the program began in 1981. So, there's a lot of stuff that's only available on tape. And we're not even talking about cassette tape, we're talking about reel-to-reel tape. So, the job of transferring old episodes of Over the Edge was not only difficult, but time-intensive. And the idea of getting 34 years of old episodes, even an incomplete batch of episodes, was fantastic. Don knew that his career was being archived before he passed away, and for those of us who wanted to know more, a film came out in 2017. How Radio Isn't Done, which offered insight into this weird radio maverick who preferred collage over simple DJing. For many people, that seemed to be the end of Don's story. We had a bunch of episodes, we had a movie. What more was there? It's nice to be surprised now and then, and certainly this old jaded DJ was surprised to wake up one morning and find that 150 new episodes of Over the Edge have been uploaded to archive.org. And we can thank Tim Maloney for that. It's weird to think that in this day and age, we easily have access to thousands of hours of podcasts and radio, completely unedited, uh, at our fingertips, all on the internet. But in 1980, people didn't think about radio in those ways. Certainly not if you had a five-hour broadcast show like the one Don did. 
In those days, most of the time you would have what might be called air checks, occasional DJ voiceovers, which would include the beginnings and the ends of songs to show that you could DJ and that you did have a good voice. But that was about it. This notion of capturing whole shows for listening to later wasn't exactly common and certainly was very hard to do given the technology. You had to turn tapes over. Somebody had to be monitoring that. You had to have some engineer there rolling tape. It wasn't like a computer could just spit out a file afterwards and there was your show. These limitations, of course, are easily overcome, and that's why we have recordings of these shows at all. In listening to shows from 1980, you can also sense that they weren't really too worried about what had happened before. They were more worried about what's happening next. Keep pushing forward. Find new ways to do radio. Make it different. Change it. Have a new angle on what can be done and how it will be presented. Now, it's difficult for me to recommend Over the Edge because, one, it's so important to me that I often wonder, am I not seeing the forest for the trees here? It is certainly strange. They don't make radio like this then or now. And the people that do certainly don't do it like Don did. There is a a style, even to his old shows, that certainly we could learn a lot from as broadcasters and as people who want to try something different and push boundaries. I don't think every show should sound like this. In fact, I'm happy to live in a world where Over the Edge is almost a thing of the past. Don always wanted the program to outlive himself. And because of that, both Wobbly and K-Rob have continued to keep the show on the air, without really missing any weeks either. It's interesting because the show vacillates from these archival broadcasts, old episodes with Don hosting, and mixes them in with new ones, where either K-Rob or Wobbly are hosting. And at times, you can't really tell the difference. Certainly Don's style changed over time, and it wouldn't be surprising to listen to the show one day and realize that Don was trying something different. So when I hear an episode by K-Rob or Wobbly, it's not that it doesn't feel like Over the Edge. In a lot of ways, Over the Edge was all about not feeling like Over the Edge. (laughs) So I quite enjoy these other hosts and their different perspectives. I mean, Wobbly's been on the show since, what, the 80s? It's not like he's a new addition. I mean, neither is K-Rob. I mean, he's been calling in forever. I guess the point is that we all can tell in some way that Don is gone from the radio dial. When those old shows were uploaded to archive.org, it certainly revealed to us just how absent he has been. I don't necessarily want to live in a world where all radio just sounds like over the edge. 
It would be like watching television and having it all look like Monty Python. An actual episode of Monty Python just wouldn't stand out anymore. What makes Over the Edge an engaging program is that it doesn't sound like anything else on the dial. It has a unique flavor, a mission statement, an artistic vision. Hard to explain, but absolutely present and unmistakable when you listen to an episode. Now, of course, we could pontificate about this forever, and we wouldn't really get any closer to understanding what the program was like. It was as silly as it was academic. It was as profane as it was mundane. Don broke as many rules as he followed. He absolutely DJ'd straight-up records that blended right into one another as a regular DJ would. And he also broadcast unlistenable noise for almost an hour solid. And sometimes he would do both in the same show. People like us probably put it best when they described Over the Edge as Don's brain on display. Certainly now you can't talk to Don, can't interview him, and even when he was alive, interviewing him might not have been as easy as you'd think. If you wanted to really get to know him, if you wanted to understand this man's mind, the only way in was through the radio. And now we have hundreds and hundreds of hours of his radio to keep on sifting through. Hundreds Hybrid. Hygienic. Hypnotism. Hysteria. Ian. Ibis. To create his divine. To reproduce his human. Icon. Idea. Iguana. Illicitous. Illinois. So, why is all of this important? For a person who passed away several years ago and made esoteric radio art, it's not exactly a household name. Yeah, he might have coined the phrase culture jamming, something that we're all seeing constantly in our lives as uh, either readers of the internet or as consumers of media at large. But... There is this other effect that he's had on the world around us. Did it feel more sort of like an end or a beginning? I think the, uh, it was both. Uh, I think the, the, the fact that we landed successfully was the end of the attempt, but the beginning of the adventure of let's go to the moon over and over again. We proved we could do it. Radio sort of sounds like him now. This is probably more of a product of having lived long enough. Anything that begins as something completely esoteric eventually gets consumed by the mass media. But for the Washington Post to incorporate sound collage into a story about landing on the moon, 
And then presenting source recordings mixed with theater and field recordings and other kinds of presentations that don't exactly reveal where, when, or how you could be listening to this blurs all the lines between fact, fantasy, and, well, how we interact with media and just gives us something that's fun to listen to. Now, if you didn't listen to the Moonrise series, which was launched in conjunction with the 50th anniversary of the first moon landing, the Washington Post did a very fantastic job of underlining what was interesting about that journey in 12 episodes, in a series that heavily relies on the sound collage techniques of Don Joyce. And it's funny to compare Radio Made Now versus Radio Made 40 years ago and say, well, of course it sounds more polished and produced. Of course, it sounds like something that came from the modern age. But I always like to imagine that Moonrise was another installment of Don's show made by a different host in another time. Is Moonrise. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. And that's going to do it for us this week here on the program, somewhere in between a radio a sound salvation. Issue 6 contains stories written by Austin Rich, including now, let's go over the this episode was produced by Austin Rich in the Lava Lamp Lounge and was assembled using only the finest in 20th century technology. In the long-standing tradition of Mozines, there is an open submission policy here. If you have a story you'd like to send in, read, or just be a part of the show, why not drop a line to austinrich at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us this week. You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you. Somewhere in between What happened was this. I thought we were here to have a good time, not talk about some random question of ethics. But it's such a fundamental concept. See, I don't like trouble. You know Angel's policy on trouble. Mm. Are you okay? You don't look so good. Mr. Jackson says that I'm fine. No one deserves this. Who can say? I'm not sure that we're the right ones to judge in a situation like this. I could now hear a very strange hum coming from the building. Not exactly electric or supernatural, but certainly something that did not sound like it should be coming from a supposedly abandoned building. Marcus Little? Sarah? Yes, let's go. It's just... What? You sound... Sound? I mean, you don't... Don't what? What? Excuse me, I'm just nervous about being seen in public. I know a place where we can go and talk. I'm just not... Do you want to be indecisive your whole life, or do you want to make some dough? The Adventures of Marcus Little. Tall Tales and Small Rewards. A Supernatural Radio Noir. From Mid-Valley Mutations and Pecho Grande Films. Starring Jason Ramey, Emma Pace Jonas, and Jessica Ramey. Featured in the cast are 
Travis Stone, William R. Harris, Jill Honstein, Little Fyodor, Tim Maloney, Jeff Parks, Annabella Ramey, Sean Royal, Stella Starr Schaefer, Jesse Sutherland, Kelly Taylor, Dash Thompson, David the Weatherman Wills, and Heather Sykowski. The Adventures of Marcus Little, Tall Tales and Small Rewards, a Supernatural Radio Noir. Coming to radio and podcasts, summer 2020. Visit MarcusLittleAdventures.com for more information.